Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What do one part-time jobs, one part-time jobs, one part-time jobs, one part-time jobs. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's the podcast where I speak to bands about their old jobs, past and present. And it's back. Weekly episodes every Tuesday now. Loads of brilliant guests to come on. So much to talk about. I've been having fun playing guitar and singing, making jingles. Maybe they're fun to listen to. You might have recognized the subtle inspiration behind the one at the top of this episode. Absolute classic by Squeeze, Up the Junction. Best tune to put on at the pub jukebox. I'll stop them if they start becoming naff. Lauren Hibbard joins us today. She's got a new album, Garage Band Superstar. The track beneath this is the title track featuring Wheatus, who gets a shout out very soon. Lauren's playing in London this Friday at The Garage. She's got so many good stories, loads to talk about today. Shout out 2000 Trees happening next July 2023 down in Cheltenham, just a few hours away from London. And they've announced rival schools as headliners. No doubt they're going to be announcing so many amazing upcoming and established bands that we love if we know them and if we don't know them yet that we're going to love. Trees is one of my favourite festivals in the UK. It's an absolute pleasure to be making fun and hopefully interesting stuff with them. So here's Lauren Hibbard on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go well. Cheers. They don't notice me. I'm walking around the big streets. I mean, I'm like fortunate now that this is my sort of full-time job but that's not been the case for like the last six years and I've been fired from a lot of jobs because I'm trying to be a musician you know so I'm like one minute I'm a part-time hairdresser sweeper-upper tea maker you know the next minute I'm like oh I've got to quit because I've got to go to Glastonbury and I've used all my holiday sorry so it's like (laughs) it's it was just a string a string of jobs that I was terrible at that I was just lucky, lucky to be paid for, I feel. My talents are very, very restricted. And I don't know if you feel like that, but I just, I genuinely do think I suck at everything else. Like, any other simple task is beyond me. Like, answering the phone and trying to book someone an appointment was <laughs> became impossible to me. Getting into those jobs, and you say it's, it's sort of been six years, is that from leaving school? Pretty much. So yeah, I left like college at 18 um, and then basically had a job up until I was sort of, yeah, 24. And then now I'm 25 and, you know, I've signed a deal and I'm making this record. But yeah, this has been like my first kind of period where this has just been my full time job, which is sick. But yeah, it's certainly, certainly done my fair share of of jobs for sure. Has that taking some getting used to I mean, it is, yeah. It definitely is weird because, but I'm still managing to be like, I don't have enough time. And I've just figured out that I just don't think there is enough time in general to do the things that I want to do. Like, there's not enough hours in the day. Not to be like Molly May about it, but <laughs> it is, I'm lit. She's there, like, we've all got the same 24 hours. I'm like, I need 34 because my brain works slow. So help me out. And you're doing a lot of sort of management stuff 
social media, you're doing a lot of emails, always presumably always on your phone because yeah I think being a musician now is is so much more than being a musician and I think that's what takes up so much of the time as well as writing recording you've now got to like promote yourself on social media you've got to be an influencer you've got to be constantly networking you know it's like it's a never-ending thing it's sort of like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube you know it's exactly. not going to go back to the way it, it won't was. go back in I've tried no. I've really tried. I mean, I, do you know, it makes me think about the aesthetic of an artist and you have a really strong aesthetic. Do you think that you'd, it's hard to say, but do you think that social media has kind of pushed you into, into, into deciding an aesthetic? Yeah, definitely. I think when I started out, it wasn't something I thought about. I wasn't like, oh, what's my grid going to look like? Do you know what I mean? That's so mm. such a weird thought process. But I think I got so sick of it that I decided to make everything I, I, I did a joke. And ever since I've done that, I felt so much lighter for it. Great. And I feel so much better knowing I'm not one of those people that takes myself seriously online. Like I sleep better at night knowing that I'm not that person and you know there's ways around everything like like with TikTok blowing up how it has and video is just totally taken over I was mm. like cool I'm gonna record like a mini like parody comedy series and I'll just push that out for a month and like right. that's something that I wanted to do um and that's the t the kind of tv I watch I'm obsessed with like Nathan for you staff let's flats so I was like that that stuff is is I, I, I feel comfortable doing so I've I've managed to like mold it into a way that I feel like myself as well as sort of doing the opposite of promoting myself which is a way of promoting myself so yeah in turn that's gonna be because I, I you know like I said I played in bands before and it was really hard not to look at or listen to as well as uh, the bands that I was touring with and the bands that yeah. you know were on the same label. And, and I very quickly got sucked into trying to, subconsciously, I, I should add, got sucked into trying to sound like, you know, my peers, I suppose. Yeah, it's so um, easy to do. Like, I think everyone's lying if they said they haven't done that. Everyone's done that. How have you got around it? How have you managed to sort of you know, find yourself in that and, and kind of, you know, without being a dick, block everyone else out. Just drinking a lot of Dizzy and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only messing. I think for me, like I, I had like a bad patch of it, like in the lockdown, especially when there was not much sort of going on and like every single like post from another band or something, I was like, oh my God, like how am I ever going to compete? And you, you know, mm. you really get in your own head. Mm. And then... I just sometimes think you need a bit of like reality, like something needs to happen in your life. And then you go, oh yeah, that doesn't actually matter. Like mm. in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't affect my life. What this other band are doing is so great for them. And it doesn't stop me doing whatever I was going to do anyway. And I think you have to be able to separate when you're jealous of something. And you do know what I mean? And when you're not, it's a very hard thing to admit that to admit that you're like jealous of another band's success. And I think that's where people, you know, that comparison comes from. It's not a very nice feeling that, is it? Because no. you're, you're like, that's not why I do this. Yeah, exactly. And then when that becomes like your sole kind of focus, that's when I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you didn't pick up a guitar at 14 and, 
you know, spend hours listening to Weezer for you just to compare yourself to a band in Brighton. Like, come on, like that was not that was not why you did this. So you definitely have to remind yourself a lot. That's that shit's that's the poison, isn't it? Yeah, it really and that ruins it. You know, this the music industry's a funny thing and like I always say it kind of constantly feels like drowning and then just before you like quit, you take like one massive breath and it fills up your whole lungs and it feels amazing and then you go right back down again. And I think that's kind of like how I summarise the whole thing is that it can be a lot of a lot of negativity, but you have to definitely just remember that big breath and how good that feels. What have been those big breaths for you? Have they been festival slots or touring yeah, slots? Or... You know, sometimes they're not as not as big a thing as you'd think as well. Sometimes, you know, just meeting one person at a gig and having them talk to you and say, oh, do you know, like, I picked up a guitar because of you, you know, like, we play covers of your songs, you know, and it's stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, there's people in the world that, you know, appreciate whatever I'm making in my bedroom and that's sick um as well as obviously like you know there's festival slots and you know and you you walk out and you're like didn't expect that you know that's those moments are the ones that keep you going for sure Growing up in the Isle of Wight, yeah. What kind of, not to make you sound like some kind of island girl, yeah, or island, <laughs> island person. I mean, what kind of opportunities did you have? Yeah, I think like the Isle of Wight is such a cool place to live, and then you do hit that sort of seventeen, eighteen mark, and you're like, oh, like I either stay now and stay forever, or I go now and come back later. I think there's. I always knew I would end up on the Isle of Wight because it's got this weird sort of thing and it just kind of sucks you in. Um, But yeah, opportunity-wise, I'd say there wasn't a lot. So I've always worked around that massively and I spend half my life on a ferry getting on just to get back off again and getting off just to get back on again. Um, And that's kind of like the sacrifice I've made, really, as I've never let it become an obstacle, like... If I need to be in London at two and it's, you know, ten, I'll make sure I'm in London at two. So Do you I think you've saved money in the in the long term? Potentially, because rent on the Isle of Wight is sweet. But um <laughs> yeah. all I would say is that I think the ferry companies have absolutely rinsed me. So maybe I'm not saving money at all. But I'm seeing a lot of water, so it's yeah. got to count for something, right? Water must be ha- like one of the most kind of popular imageries in music. hundred percent. Everyone loves it. Pale waves. They're not from the Isle of Wight, you know, but they, <laughs> they should be. Seagulls, bet they don't live near the sea. Do you know what I mean? They're all of them. British sea power. Well, I mean, they're always talking about it, but where do you live? Oh yeah, London. What sea are you seeing? What about getting in touch with P&O? Is it P&O? Um, I mean, I wish it was a P&O. We've got... Um, like separate ferry companies just strictly for the Isle of Wight only. Um, strictly come Isle of Wight? Strictly come Isle of Wight, yeah. Um, if that was a show, I would 100% feature. Mm-hmm. Um, You'd host it and be on it and win it and then it would be like a, the award. It would be a one-woman show, um, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is actually my life dream, is to just present a one-woman comedy show where I do 
like the performance and the presenter and my own guest. Um, yeah, I'd love to do that. More comedy and music. Yeah, like just all of it, all at once. I'll sing funny songs. I'll say say songs. Because <laughs> back in back in today, didn't wouldn't Stuart Lee open up for bands or John Cooper Clark? Yeah, poets turn comedians, turn poets, turn comedians. I love that though. Yeah, where's it gone? Yeah, where is that gone? There's not enough comedy anymore. I need the big laughs in my life to survive. Well, I I think you're bringing some comedy, Garage Band superstar. There's it's great, you know. There's got there's there's a twinkle in the eye there, isn't there? I hope so. I did kind of you know intend for it to be. A, f- a funny moment for me and for everyone else. It definitely doesn't take itself very seriously. Feels like one thing. It feels like oddly nostalgic to me as well, even though I literally mm. made it this year. <laughs> I mean, Garage Band itself has a sort of 2010s thing about it. Yeah, definitely. It's like everyone at, everyone at school, as soon as they had that app, were like, oh yeah, I'm in a band now. Like I make beats now. And that was sort of like, the inspiration for the title was like, I used to feel like I was a superstar when I was making songs on GarageBand. And I would literally tell people like, yeah, did it on GarageBand. Like, check me. My um, coolest thing. And this podcast yeah. is about you. I'm going to I'm gonna chop this out. Editors know I didn't. But the, my coolest thing that happened to me at school was, well, I went to a new school, same area. And folks were speaking to, to someone in my form. And she was like, oh, you, we swapped iPods to check out each other's music. So this is like 2008 and on her ipod was my band my teenage oh, band my god and i and i felt so cool yeah but like awesome. obviously i don't really like bigging myself up but in that moment i was like oh that's my band you know yeah that is so cool <laughs> we were called frank butcher in the slags that is sick you know frank butcher from eastenders yeah that's an amazing band name when when he died terry Re- is it terry reed mike yeah, reed when mike reed died and we got a piece in our local paper oh my being god like be like scar punk band celebrates man's <laughs> life and we're like that's not what anyway who who were, <laughs> who were you at what kind of like who were you at school which kind of person were you in terms of telling people about music and you know, telling people how into it you were and, and that you were playing. I mean, were you open about it? Were you shy you know, about it? I kept it like very under wraps at school. I was I was like really shy. Like before before I like went to college and like met people that also did music and like I was really shy about it. And I actually didn't think it was cool at the time. So I didn't talk about it. It was really mm. weird. Like no one else was was listening to anything that I was listening to everyone was just listening to like capital fm so i was like well i'm not going to mention you know dookie right now because <laughs> no one knows what i'm talking about so it very much kept a secret at school and then i met loads of people with like a similar mindset to me at college and then that's when i started really getting excited about it and being like oh i could do this were there local gigs? Was there a, a kind of a sort of an impetus to be like, oh, can I play that gig? You know, I'm already going anyway. Yeah, I mean, like the first the first gig I did was with just with like a group of guys that I met at college again. And we did like, three, we literally, our set was three songs and we thought that was long enough. Like <laughs> we thought that was a set, three songs. And it was Great. like 10 minutes set. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we did it at this like local football club thing and we played like one Pixies song, one Weezer song and one Weezer song. And we were like, and it must have been terrible. Like it must have been awful. I like that you could play Pixies and, and Weezer and yeah. not be too cool to play Weezer. Yeah, oh, always. Yeah, I was always throwing in the Wheatus, the Wheatus name about. I'm a big <laughs> fan. Um, so yeah, we it was literally yeah three songs, and everyone when we finished, we were like, okay, thanks everyone. Uh, people were looking about like, are you joking? Like, is that it? It must have been less than ten minutes. Seriously, I so, think that's where so much magic comes from. Magic comes from not knowing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. If you know what you're supposed to do, all you're no. really going off is what other people have done. Exactly. And not to spell it out, but making a record, you want to be original, right? You want to do something exactly. that's from your brain somewhat translated. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I've always wanted to make an album and be an album artist. And I don't really know why I've waited this long, but. I'm glad I did because I don't really think I knew 100% not what I was doing because you never know what you're actually doing but like what I wanted to do until until sort of like this time last year. That's not very long ago. Yeah, I know. So we're talking I, mid mid 2021, you're coming out of lockdown. Yeah, and I just went like, oh, I knew I'd written it already. You know, I knew in the lockdown I wrote so much. And I was like always on the cusp of being like, is this an album? Is this not an album? You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't really know. And I just kept writing anyway. And then I put this like playlist together and ended up like chopping songs out, putting songs in like over a couple of months. And then I listened to it like track one to 12 and I went, oh, oh my God, I fucking made an album. Like by accident, I felt like I made this record. And I was like, almost annoyed about it because I was like, oh, now I've actually got to do it. I've actually got to like put it out and stuff. And that was really freaking me out. And I sent it to my manager and he was like, yeah, that's an album, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> what are we going to do about it? So it was very much like, I don't know why I dreaded it so much because it was actually so fun. And the whole thing has been really fun. And I instantly want to make another one. What got you to that point of writing so prolifically? I think bored, like mainly boredom. It was like we were obviously in lockdown and there was nothing else for me to do. You know, and I used to get massive FOMO. And like there's this, I always felt like even when I took time off to write that I'd be like, oh, I should be networking right now. Oh, I should be posting on social media. Oh my God, I should be doing this. There was always like a part of my brain that was still in another world whilst the rest of it was trying to write and when that other part of my brain switched off and I could literally just tunnel vision this album and and writing I was I surprised myself massively um and I've never felt like that before and it was really gratifying and it definitely kept me going throughout that whole process and I had some like real great moments making the album even just like by myself, I'd literally be in my room, like mega smiling, like, oh my God, like, this is sick. Like, it's so fun to feel like that about yourself for two minutes. And then you can go back to hating yourself afterwards. But it's good for it's good for a little while. That's so great to hear. I mean, I think it's so important to be able to, you know, to have that access to be your best friend, you know, your own best yeah. friend. I mean, if if you didn't like what you did and didn't believe in it, then 
you know no one else will and what's the fun in it for you so I'm you know I'm not like my biggest fan but I also am because I've got to be because it's my name on it you know my face is in all the pictures so I should be you know bigging it up Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I wonder if for so many people, bar the land of gentry, of musicians, switching your brain off to just music. I mean, I I probably, some people love working and writing songs. Yeah, they do. And some people not. (laughs) Yeah, I sort of sit somewhere in between that. You know, sometimes I really do. And I I almost have to get into like a routine of it. Mm. I think that's the lockdown sort of proved to me what sort of person I was. And I'd have weeks of just like this steady flow and I'd be like on a roll. And then, you know, the next week, I all I'd want to do is watch Lost and sit in bed and cry. And that was like part of my process. To get better at anything, you have to do it a lot. And I think, I, you know, when I was a kid, I practiced guitar till my, my fingers were blue, you know. And, and then you get to a point where you're sort of, you're doing gigs, you're doing bits, you know, you got some Spotify playlists and you sort of forget to practice how to write a song and how to sort of like say what you're trying to say and how to be all these things that you're trying to be in your head and having that time to actually just write loads of stuff and figure a bunch of stuff out was amazing. I think one thing that can help figuring stuff out is just getting out of your flat or your house or doing something different. 100%. I always feel like I want to, if you're out of the house, it's more enticing to go back and then be like, okay, I want to go back and write now. You almost Mm. have to go outside and do something worse than writing to come back and want to (laughs) write. (laughs) You got to trick yourself. You do. You have to go out, go out and slice some bread somewhere (laughs) and then be like, okay, maybe I should write a song now. One hundred and one, one hundred and one, one hundred and one part-time jobs. One hundred and one, one hundred and one, one hundred and one part-time jobs. Speaking of, you know, particular jobs that you've had and nasty moments, funny moments, embarrassing yeah. moments. Do do any stories come to mind? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, it's cool. I remember working like my first ever job. I and it was like a summer job but I did it like three summers on the bounce because I was she this woman like ran this cafe called Long Beach and bless her she was old like really old and she hired me for like something stupid like five pound an hour and I was like oh my god that's amazing and I was supposed to just be like a waitress and then I got there and she was like oh it was like my first day and she was like oh the chef's ill so do you mind just like microwaving all the meals and stuff as people order them? And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> and I literally go into the kitchen and it's literally Morrison's ready meals lined up. Not even joking you, like all in the kitchen. There's like 10 microwaves. So like no. I'm going out, I'm going out taking people's orders and then going and then stabbing the cellophane, putting them in the microwave and then taking them out. And like, I... <laughs> 
could not believe it. And people were honestly being like, oh, it's really nice. Thank you so much. And I was like, how? How? How is she getting away with this? She was charging like double the money. And I was like, honestly, in the end, I thought this woman was amazing because I was like, you know, it's incredible trickery. No one ever, ever complained. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Did you get really good at doing the cellophane and, and not burning your fingers? Like yeah, I got it down like to a T. I was like, you know, you know the key points in mm-hmm. by the end of it. And, you know, you get all used to all the little knacks of each microwave. Mm-hmm. You know, you get them on the bounce. It's It's good. You know how to, you know make it look presentable, put a bit of coriander on it at the end, and then off you go. You're basically a samurai. Basically, I, f- I honestly felt like I was playing Sims with my, like with myself. It was like so, so crazy. You know, like those time management games, and you're like, okay, now you've got to go here and here and there, and it was literally like that. I think on my first day, I like, the vinegar like fell off the tray. So I like bent down to get it. And then at the same time, the woman sit, sat down, bent down to get it. And I ended up just chucking the tray accidentally, like in her forehead. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, fuck. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> just tech, like just things like that. When you're like, stuff that scars me. I remember, I'll never forget that moment. just full on knocking her out with a piece of wood for me I love to like analyze people and like you get certain groups of people that that come in these kinds of places and you can like you almost write their lives for them because you spend so much time just looking at them seeing when they finished eating and like there's a track on the album called Average Joe and there's there was a lot of Joes that I've met you know, working in some of the places I've worked. A lot of kind of guys that would pull up, take pictures of their, like, Ford on the beach and then come in and order a Heineken and a microwave chicken tikka masala um, in their gym shorts, you know, and that's just a personal assassination, but it makes for a good song. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Have you done anything that you've really hated or really loved? I kind of liked the hairdressing thing for a minute and I wasn't actually a hairdresser. I was like a shampooer so I did like the prep for the haircut and I actually thought for like the first week I was like this is great because I don't know why I found it really fun shampooing someone else's head like the concept of it was weird to me but I enjoyed it and then it it obviously got boring really fast um it is intimate it felt it, you know, and I was, you know, I bonded with a couple of those older ladies and I was feeling it for a while. Literally. Um, really feeling the scalp. Um, <laughs> but like jobs, yeah, I definitely hated the the cafe job. The microwaving thing was was not the one. I worked in, I worked can, in can, Fat Face for a while. The like, you know, that like sort of middle-aged barbecue shop. Uh, I get a voucher from my dad every Christmas. For yeah. I mean, I worked there for a while as well. And again, I have this thing where I enjoy it for a week because I like something new. So I was like, oh, I'd, I thought it was fun on the till for a week. And then the novelty wore off. And I was like, I don't care if we've got that in a large. Can you please get out? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask, when you were massaging ladies' heads, yeah, or when you were just massaging heads, yeah, was there... I've always found it interesting because I love, I always loved having my, you know, when my mum used to take me and my siblings to get our hair cut, we'd, yeah. we'd get that treatment. 
And it was just the nicest feeling ever. And do yeah. you know what it was like? It was like, <laughs> you know, did, you, did you get the knit test at school? Yeah, it's, it is like having the knit test. Probably <laughs> <laughs> satisfying, equally terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. It is. It really is. <laughs> did you lean into that yeah 100 percent. i like i threw myself into the hair washing massively i mean the training that i had to do to just to even get to the basin was was big they didn't let me touch someone's head until maybe like four days of me watching someone else do it you had to do and a bleep then, test yeah and then i had to test my like someone's another hairdresser had to sit there and i had to wash their hair to prove that i was good enough for it it's, <laughs> it's you know it's stricter than you think that's great yeah that is so good lauren you've given me some gems there thank you so much for being You're well so up there. welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's just my life the truth hurts <laughs> <laughs> and looking forward towards garage band superstar you know getting into this where it's where it is a full it's, it's literally a full-time job for you how does that feel do you like identify in that role is it still scary or is it is it you, you're just you're getting on with it you're seeing what's in front of you and you're, you're rinsing it yeah, I'm trying to just like go with the flow, to be honest. Like, I appreciate how cool it is. And it is, ma- you know, without all jokes aside, it feels like a massive achievement for this to be my job for a little while and however long I can make it last. Um, I'm just very excited that I don't have to also microwave meals later and that I can just write a song later on. That's my only goal. And that's just feels so good to make something, you know, that you grew, you know, and you built from for the last like six years. It's really cool to watch it become a job is definitely a good feeling. Well, Lauren, thank you so much. This has been Ace. Wicked. Thank you so much for having me. Good chat. Big up. Cheers then. Yeah, see ya. So there was Lauren Hibbard, absolute legend, a bundle of joy. Garage Band Superstar is out now. London this Friday at The Garage in Highbury and Islington. Tickets still available for that. Probably not for long. See you next week with an episode with Robbie Furs of The Big Pink. See you then. Here's Coxbarrow. I've been working all day for me mate on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.